0: You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Listen, I'm so glad you're with us today. We're going to have a great time uh, in the Word. I want you to tag a friend, let them know that we're alive. You can also get the audio the audio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, listen, at the end of the teaching, I've got my iPad here. And I want you to ask any questions or give any comments, and that will help us to fill in the gap. Now, I think I said this last week, while we were separated, in a sense, during the pandemic and not having in-person worship, the Spirit of God was dealing with me about where we were going to go once we got back into in-person worship. So I was studying in my own quiet time and the spirit of God led me into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God concept. So I began to prepare a series that I believe is going to elevate your thinking and your level of living, and I believe it's going to take all of us to another level. As I completed that series, though, I realized that there was something I needed to do to prepare uh, the congregation for uh, that series. And so I came up with a series entitled, Understanding the Power of Your Purpose and Your Potential. Now. And this series is what I'm calling the John the Baptist series to prepare you for the next series. And so we began that on the 22nd, uh, but I began to think, okay, I'm teaching this on Sundays, but most t- most of the time, no one can ask any questions. So rather than doing something new on my podcast, I decided that I'll teach the series on Sunday, and then I come back on my podcast and I go over the series because I have a little more time, and then give you the opportunity to, to ask questions. So that's what we began to do last session. So we're talking on understanding the power of your purpose and your potential. In lesson one, we talked about purpose, the key to fulfillment in life. In lesson two, we're talking about potential, potential, the capability to do more. And I believe this is going to bless you. And if you uh, got the lesson on Sundays, and uh, then you It's important to just hear and hear and hear and get it down in your spirit and then ask any questions. And maybe you were not with us in the first lesson. You can always go back uh, to YouTube and you can pull up the the lesson uh, we taught on purpose. So let's get into this lesson on potential, the capability of doing more, the potential of doing more doing more. Now, let's define our terms, because our terms are very important. What is potential? And then what is the law of potential? Potential is dormant or unused talents, strengths, or abilities. What is potential? Potential is unrecognized callings, giftings, or supernatural anointings what is potential potential is the seeds of greatness in you that are not realized by you not developed in you now there is a law of potential. And when I say the word law, I'm not talking about an obligation. I'm not talking about uh, a requirement, but I'm talking about a basic truth. There's a basic truth about potential. I'm calling it the law of potential. And the law of potential states that something or someone has the innate ability to be greater than itself at any given moment. That's the law of potential. Now, the, in, in Scripture, God teaches us through precept and example. Precept is a principle. Ex- example is an illustration. So the apostle Peter is our example. And I want us to go to Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 17 in the New Living Translation. And we have Peter, a professional fisherman who is called in to ministry, called into his purpose. So in verse 16, it says, one day as Jesus... Was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net in the water, for they fish for a living. Now, they were professional fishermen, and the text says that they fish for a living. Now, notice this what you do for a living may or may not be Your purpose. So in this instance, fishing for a living was not Peter's purpose. Now, listen at this it says, For they fish for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets once and followed. Once and for all and followed him. Now, notice Peter is called into ministry, called into his purpose, because fishing for fish was how he made his living. But it was not the purpose that God ordained in eternity to pass for him to live out. Now, listen at this. We talked about purpose in our last session. We're talking about potential in this session, the capability to do more. It is one thing to discover and accept our purpose. It's a whole nother thing to realize our potential and to release that potential in the earth. So we're talking about realizing and releasing our potential. Now, Peter in Mark chapter one is called into ministry, called into his purpose, but he hadn't realized his potential in that purpose. So when we fast forward to Acts chapter two, verse 40 through 41, the scripture says that Peter preached a sermon on the day of Pentecost, and 3000 people were saved now he's beginning to re- realize and release his potential when we fast forward to acts 5:15 the bible says that the giftings and the anointing of healing was so strong on peter's life that people brought the sick out into the streets and laid the sick on beds and couches so that peter's shadow Would touch them and the shadow of people, a shadow of Peter would touch the people and they were healed. He's realizing and releasing his potential. And then we fast forward to Acts 9:40. The Bible tells us that Peter raised a woman from the dead. Her name was Tabitha. She was a disciple of Jesus. Now, Peter in the beginning, maybe like you, had no full understanding of the remarkable way that God was gonna use him. And I'm saying to you that God has purposed some remarkable things for your life. In fact, you are more than you realize you right now are more than you realize. In fact, you can do more than you have done. That's potential, and that's what we're talking about. As I began to meditate on this mini-series, I felt impressed of the Spirit to talk about these two things, purpose and potential, and they are connected together, and here's why. Where purpose is, potential is there. Whenever a person discovers and accepts their purpose, then their potential is also there. Why? Because potential is predetermined by your purpose. I'm going to say the exact same thing I just said, but I'm going to say it a little differently. Listen at this. Your your God-given assignment reveals your capabilities. Your God-given assignment is one of the definitions of purpose. And your God-given assignment reveals your capabilities. Whatever God assigns to you to do, then whatever he assigns you to do, you have the capabilities to do that. Why is that true? Because never God never requires anything of anyone that he hasn't already placed in them the capacity to do that, achieve that, or perform that. And that's powerful. Once you discover your purpose built on the inside of you is the capability to carry out that purpose. Well, I can say this then, if you don't know your purpose, you will probably live below your potential. If you don't know your purpose, you will probably live below your potential. You know, I uh, gave an illustration, and I like to give it again. I was called into ministry, in and in just a short period after time, I was called to pastor. Now I didn't know what a pastor was even though I had the position I'm very young I had the position of being a pastor Now a call pastor a person who's called to pastor any person who is called to pastor has at least two capacities or two giftings or two anointings the anointing to gather to attract people, and the anointing to feed the flock in such a way where they will grow and develop. Well, as a young pastor, I had no idea what being a pastor was. Now, I had an ambition because I loved Billy Graham. Billy Graham was considered at that time the greatest exhorter or evangelist of our time, and I loved him. I read his books, and I, I watched him on television, and he was a great soul winner. He would win people to Christ. So that's what I had an ambition to do. I wanted to win people to Christ. So every Sunday I would teach what we would call salvation messages. And then a friend of mine, a co-laborer in ministry, Phyllis West, who was a part of the team, asked me a question. She asked it this way, and I say I got a question coming here. Uh, uh, I'm so glad. Keep bringing your questions in. She asked me, why are you preaching these blood sermons every Sunday? Now, th- th- trust me, I've been walking with the Lord for over 40 years. I understand the power of the blood of Jesus. She was not in any way, belittling the power of the blood or talking negative about the blood. What she really was saying, why are you preaching salvation sermons every Sunday? We're saved. We're your congregation. We're saved. We need information that's going to help us to grow as Christians. And that's what a pastor should be doing. Well, I didn't know that. Well, now I began to pray, I began to realize, and discover who I was. Now, watch this. Once you discover and accept your purpose, your purpose reveals your capabilities. And then I began to realize that I was gifted to feed the people. And the spirit of God began to give me messages now because I understand my purpose and I have the potential to gather. I have the potential to feed and I can be on the treadmill and the spirit of God is just giving me an outline. Sermons just flow through me all the time. It just comes together. And that's a part of being a pastor, the ability to feed people. But if you don't know your purpose, you probably will live below your potential. And that's what I was doing early as a young pastor. I was living below my potential. And maybe you're living below your potential. So now the major question that we want to get, and really remember, I want to get through this And then we're going to come back. I see a question here. I want you to give me your questions. Got my iPad here. We're going to look at your questions, your comments, and I want you to be able to digest this message, not just hear it. So how do I realize and release my potential? How do I realize and release my potential? There are Five keys that I want to share with you the rest of the way five keys I'll give you an overview of what the keys the what what the, the title of the keys And then we'll come back and look at each one of them briefly There are five keys to realize and release your potential number one position number two environment number three exposure number four time And then number five, work or demand, position, environment, exposure, time, and work or demand. Now, as I said Sunday when I taught this, I want you to think beyond church, remember Another definition in our first lesson we gave a, pur- a purpose was purpose is the need God intends for you to meet in the earth. And we walk you through a, a quick list. For example, my purpose is in the church world. I develop believers. Uh, now, I'll throw, a, I'll throw the net out to win the laws, but I'm primarily called to build up believers in the church world. And there are many people at our church, full time staff who feel called to ministry. Our purpose is in the church world. But your assignment, your purpose may be in business, it may be in education, it may be your call called to minister to different parts of the family, maybe singles, maybe couples, maybe children, maybe students. Your purpose may be that you're to meet needs in the military, maybe it's medicine or the health field, or maybe it's government or politics or technology or maybe it's the performing arts maybe you're a dancer or a singer uh, maybe it's entertainment or maybe it's sports your call or purpose to do many different kinds of things it can be journalism it can be media it, it can be etc 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 the legal field so When I talk about realizing and releasing your potential, I'm talking about in the specific sphere that you're called to operate because God wants us to go into the whole world, not just in the church. So listen at this. I want you to frame these five things in the light. I see I got a comment. Thank you for that. I want you to frame it in the light. Of where you believe that you are assigned to function your purpose now five things position environment exposure time and work number one position in order to realize and Release your potential you have to be in the right position now position has to do with being connected with others who are also fulfilling their purpose let's go back to our example peter now when jesus called peter into full-time minister or into his purpose he also called 11 other disciples who became apostles. Jesus had 12 apostles. Peter was one of them. Now, Peter's connection with those other 11 disciples that became apostles was equally important to Peter's development. And his destiny as his relationship to Jesus Christ. Now I want you to think about that for just a moment. And I, 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 I'll give you another uh, uh, analogy. And I use a uh, Sunday about Alabama football. Now, it could be Auburn football, it could be Miles College football, it could be Alabama State football, but I'm using Alabama just as an illustration. When people, high school recruits, select Alabama as a place they want to uh, develop their skills and, and possibly go to the next level, their connection with Coach Nick Saban is going to be critical to that, but their connection with the other recruits and the other upperclassmen and the other veterans on the team is equally important. They're connected with other athletes that have the same purpose of developing their skills and possibly going to the next level. So I'm saying that position is important in any arena that you be connected with others who have a similar purpose. Why? Because the scripture says in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen that iron sharpens iron. What that's literally saying, that productive interaction with other purpose-driven people will sharpen you. Others' connections will sharpen you because others who have a purpose mindset will encourage you along the journey. They will confront you along the journey. They will hold you accountable. They will, and and sometimes when you're connected to others, there's friction. When iron sharpens iron, there's sparks, there's friction. But even that can be good because all of us have rough edges. I see we have another question. Thank you for giving me your questions. We all have rough edges and we need other people that we are connected to to help us to grow and to develop. Now, listen at this. Potential cannot be realized in isolation. And there are many Christians who are trying to realize and release their potential in isolation. They're not connected to anyone. Now, let me give you an illustration. I have a flashlight, and I took the flashlight apart. And I'll give you the different parts. This part of the flashlight is the encasement of the flashlight. The purpose of the encasement of the flashlight is to hold the batteries and also serve as the handle for the user. On this encasement, you can't see it in this kind of a flashlight, but there's a little button there, a little switch, and you push that switch, and it, it causes the batteries to release the energy. So we got two things just in the encasement. We got the encasement, it has a purpose. We have the switch, it has a purpose. And then there are batteries. There are two batteries to this flashlight. And then finally there's a, a bulb. The bulb releases the light. The battery's purpose is to store energy. The bulb's purpose is to release light. So now we've got five we got four different things. We got the encasement has a purpose, the switch has a purpose, the battery has a purpose, the bulb has a purpose. But in isolation, none of them can fulfill their purpose. It's only when there is a connection, we have to connect these two together, and we have to put it all together that it becomes a usable flashlight. Now, I am saying that you have to be, you have to be connected to others who are fulfilling their purpose. That's position. The second key, I see we have another question. Thank you so very much. Thank you for your questions. Got questions coming in? If I'm stimulating you, if there's gaps in your thinking, you, 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 you want to go deeper, then send me your comment or send me your question. The fourth key, pardon me, the second key to realizing and releasing your potential is environment. Now, environment is so important. Environment has to do with the type of place or surrounding where something or someone is positioned. The environment. Now, why is environment important? Environment is important because potential is like a seed. So the environment of the seed, the soil, the ground will determine whether seed will grow or die. If you got good soil, you put that, that feed in good soil and add the other elements, all things being equal, the environment will produce the plant or the fruit or the tree or whatever. However, if you take that good ground and put weeds in it and rocks in it or cement in that ground, then that seed is not going to produce. Potential needs the right environment in order to be realized and released. And when I talk about environment, I'm talking about environment across the board. Home environment is important. Church, some people say it doesn't matter where you go to church. I differ because the local church environment, and I'm not even talking about good local church versus bad local church. I'm just talking about local church in terms of your purpose because some local churches will facilitate your purpose in a way that others will not. And the others may be a great church. That's why it's so important for believers to pray about the church that they attend because God knows what church is best at fulfilling your purpose. But I'm not just talking about church environment. I'm talking about the school environment. School environment is important. You have the seed of intelligence. Every student, kid, have the seed of intelligence, but the environment can determine whether or not that seed will grow But a bad school environment can hinder the growth of that seed. But I'm not just talking about school. I'm talking about professional environment. Your professional environment is so very important. If you're in the performing arts, you're a dancer, you feel that's what you're called to do. Well, there are certain environments that are best for you realizing your potential. If you're in sports, certain environments are important for you reaching your potential. I've seen great athletes with great potential in high school select the wrong school. And they really does, the school may be a great school, but it doesn't facilitate the seed of their gifting. And and so environment is so very important. That's why why the uh, high-level potential high school athletes choose a school like Alabama. And I said this, I'm not recruited for Alabama. This is not a promo, but it's the environment. It's that high level competitive environment. And then you got Nick Saban, who's probably arguably the greatest college coach to ever coach. So it's the environment of a high level athletes connected and competing with each other environment is so very, very important. The third key to realizing and releasing your potential is exposure, exposure. Now, exposure has to do with the condition of being affected by someone or something experienced. Or we could say it differently. And I want you to listen to this. And, and and I want you to listen very carefully to this. Exposure is experiencing something or someone operating on a level above you or your experience. And that's so very important. Peter had been exposed to Jesus Christ and his leadership for three and a half years. That had to be just absolutely amazing. And then he probably was exposed to John the Baptist through his brother, Andrew, because Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. So now you got insight on John the Baptist, who Jesus said is one of the greatest prophets ever lived. And then for three and a half years, you are sitting at the feet and being mentored by the greatest leader to ever lead on planet Earth, Jesus Christ. That's exposure. Exposure is so very important. And think about it. And and Mark chapter four, Mark chapter five, Jesus walks into a a house and raises a young girl from the dead. And Peter is right there watching. In Acts chapter nine, Peter raises a girl from the dead. And he did it, if you look at both texts, Mark five, you see Jesus raising the dead. You look at Acts nine, Peter raised someone from the dead. Peter did the same thing. He walked in and like Jesus, he put the people who didn't need to be in there out then he spoke to the body and told the body to arise. He, he performed on a high level because he was exposed to a high-level performer. That's exposure. Now, the fourth, and we're going to move through this kind of fast because your questions coming in. I got another comment. And I'm waiting on your comments, I'm waiting on your questions, and we're going to get to them. Now, let's talk about time. This is the fourth key, time. The Greeks in the New Testament recognized two words describing the nature of time. These two words are chronos, time, and Kairos time. Now, chronos, time, is time that can be measured. Kairos time. Time is time that cannot be measured. It can only be experienced. I'll walk you through this quickly. Chronos time is a specific amount of time, minutes, hours, years, etc. Chronos time is a specific space of time, day or night, or we have seasons of time, winter. Spring, summer, fall, a season of time. So, in life, talking chronos time, there are seasons of life childhood season, teenage season, young adulthood season, the millennial season, the uh, uh, senior season, millennial season. There are seasons of life, single season, merit, single. There are seasons of life. And the Spirit of God years ago said this to me, a season of preparation is necessary. Whatever feel it is, because Peter for three and a half years was in a season of preparation for his calling, A season of preparation, whatever field, whatever calling, whatever area you're supposed to engage in, there's going to be a season of preparation. It may be a season of education. It may be a season of training. It may be a season of apprenticeship. But there has to be a season if you're going to realize and release your potential. And sometimes... Christians try to skip grades. They try to get right into doing everything that they're supposed to do. But think about Peter. He didn't start off raising the dead. He started off being just a servant. Jesus said, go over here, do this. He'll go over here, do this. Jesus said, pass the food out. He would pass the food out. Jesus said, organize the crowd. He'll organize the crowd. He wasn't raising the dead because he was in a season of training. Then that season increased. He sent them two by two, and they did greater works. They began to f- perform things. But after, on the day of Pentecost, he released them to go into the fullness of what he had called them to do. So there's going to be a season of time. That's chronos time. But there's another kind of time called keros time, and it is time that cannot be measured. I'll quickly give you some definitions. It's a special, unique, and significant moment or occasion of time. Some people call it a destiny moment. Some people call it a moment of grace. Others call it a divine opportunity. I like to define it this way. Keros time is a moment in time orchestrated by God designed to usher you into another level, but it requires prompt action on your part. It is a moment in time, maybe an event or occasion, that God has orchestrated nothing you manipulated, Often you don't even see it coming. You didn't know it was gonna show up. It was just—it's nothing you tried to create. It is God orchestrating a moment of time, an occasion, an event, designed to usher you into another level. But you have to be prepared to act out on it. In Mark chapter one, verse sixteen and seven was a keros moment. Peter, uh, Jesus walking by saw Peter cleaning their nets and he said, follow me, I'll make you fish of me. And that was a keros moment. John 21, Peter was fishing on the right, wrong side of the boat. Jesus had catching that on the right side, and you'll find that was a keros moment. Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter didn't know what was gonna happen on that day. Peter didn't have any idea that he was gonna be led by the Spirit of God to preach. It was a chaos moment, but it ushered Peter into another level. I think about years ago, years ago, I was young, early 20s, young pastor, didn't know what I was doing, but I was trying to obey God, preaching what I knew to preach. And it's funny, even at that stage, people would get saved, people would get filled with the Spirit, And a pastor asked me to do a revival at his church in Tuscaloosa. And I did that revival. I didn't know anything except preach get folks saved, preach get folks filled with the spirit. And that's what I did. And people got saved, people got filled with the spirit. We had a young lady in that meeting get gloriously delivered from demon activity and during that five-day period, somewhere, one of those evenings, a pastor came up to me. He pastored a large church in Tuscaloosa with a Baptist church. He was a beautiful man. He walked up. I had never met him before, had never had one conversation with him. But he spoke to me after that service, and he looked at me, and he said, you my kind of man. He said, you are, and he was excited about what God was doing in that meeting. And he looked me in the face and he said, you remind me of Fred Price, a pastor in, in California. Well, when he said that, that was a Keros moment. I didn't know it. I didn't know it was a chaos moment, but it was because God was orchestrating a situation, an event, a moment of time for me to k- connect it to somebody who was gonna help me go to the next level. From that point on, I had never heard of Fred Price. I had never heard of him. i never seen him, didn't know anything about him. But from that moment on, I wanted to know who Fred Price was. One day on television, I saw this guy with this beautiful shaped afro, dressed really immaculate. And they said this was Dr. Fred Casey Price. And I met him for the first time watching television, and there was an instant connection. He fed me every opportunity to, I would watch till tele- I would get up early in the morning, because there were times he came on early in the morning, and then I would get his cassette tapes, They had cassette tapes in those days. I couldn't afford all of them, but I, what I could get my hand on, I was eating everything. Then i will get his books and I always watched them. It was years before I even met him personally or sit in a meeting personally, but I connected and I heard in my spirit go and do likewise. He became my father in the faith and no other person minister of the gospel has impacted my life like dr. Frederick Casey price it was a Carol's moment it was a Carol's moment it was not something that I orchestrated it was not something that I saw coming but God is always working in your life creating events and circumstances and situations and divine connections with people in your area to get you to the next level i acted on that i began to search this person out you have to act out on those moments so that god can take you to the next level there's somebody there's some experience i remember when i went to i was a young pastor and I had a big vision but i didn't see how it was going to happen but god led me to oral Roberts university campus and when I went on that campus, it was decades ago, but it was a campus ahead of its time. I saw the buildings and I saw how everything looked. It exposed me to something greater than I had experienced. It was a Carol's moment. It was exposure. I came back believing that I could do what God wanted me to do. The fifth, the fifth key and final key, keep your questions coming in it's time, it's work, pardon me, the fifth key. Number one, position. Number two, environment. Number three, exposure. Number four, time. And then number five is work. Work has to do with the demand for your potential to be released. It's a demand on your potential. It's an assignment or some kind of responsibilities. Now, I want you to notice this as I begin to close this and then get into your questions. Uh it, when God is developing us and moving us into purpose and assisting us and releasing our potential, usually there's some kind of assignments that are important. Uh, he connects us with somebody and that somebody or that something, there's responsibilities that we have. There there are assignments that we have. And usually it doesn't pay you much money. Usually it's not a huge assignment. I I think about a, a major producer. And if I call his name, you would know who he was. He's a major producer now, mega producer. But I remember reading something and hearing something about he had this desire to do what he's doing now and somehow he he found out about somebody else and he would catch the train and and go he would go miles to sit under that person and to help that person and usually when you're you're in these kind of settings it doesn't pay you a lot of money, but it's the experience. And usually God starts you off with smaller tasks or responsibilities. He's placing a demand on you. For example, when I first pastored, I didn't pastor a mega church. I pastored just a small church with just a few people in it. And that church paid me $100 a month. That's $25 a Sunday. But that assignment was so very important. It was so very important because God watches us in those small assignments. He watches us. And in some cases, you need to be in that position Even if you don't get paid a penny because you're learning and and you're developing and God is using, putting a demand on your potential so that it'll grow. The money will come later. The money will come, but don't go into it thinking money, especially if you're in that prep stage. Don't think about how much money is going to pay you because you want the experience. I want to say this. Uh, anything you don't use, you will lose. Anything you don't use, you will lose. I want to say it as it relates to potential. Anything that you don't use or place a demand on, you will lose the potential of. Now, God is not going to take away your gift. The gifts and the callings are without repentance. But you lose the growth potential of that thing if you don't use it. I have a lot of wristwatches a lot of wristwatches and I noticed that sometimes my wristwatches stop working and I find myself trying to take them back to the uh, to the watchmaker and get batteries and check on them and why they're not working and so I, I discovered that some wristwatches are self-winding wristwatches. Wrist watches, but they self wind through the movement of the arm. In other words, they self wind when you wear them. But the watches that I'm not wearing, these kinds of watches will stop working. And that's the way our potential is. If we don't place a demand on it, we can live and die. Even though we know our purpose, we can live and die. Even though we accept our purpose, we can live and die and never realize and release the potential uh, of that purpose if we don't have a demand, responsibilities or an assignment in that regard. Now, I uh, said this, I spent a little more time in it, but now I got good time to answer some of your questions. I got questions, I got comments. I'm gonna to begin to look at these questions. And if you have any, you can sit, uh, send them in. Uh, here's a question. I think a lot of us use age as an excuse. Does age really matter to God? Look at Abraham and Sarah. Now, I am so glad you gave me that question. In fact, it's a question and a comment. It's a comment that some of us use age as an excuse and you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. Does age really matter to God? Now think about this. I'm gonna, you use Abraham and Sarah, good examples, but we could talk about Moses. Moses was called, and I think he began to realize his purpose around 40. The Bible says it came into his heart that to, do, uh, to be concerned about his people. And remember, he went out and tried to, to, to rescue the Hebrews, and he killed a man, and then he ended up running. Then for 40 years, he was uh, keeping sheep. Well, God was working in his life during those 80, during during those 40, 80 years. God was working. God didn't stop his purpose. He made a mistake, but that didn't abort his purpose. And at 80, he began to walk out his purpose and, and realize his potential, release his potential. I don't think age matters. Now, that's age in terms of older age. But think about it. God... Use David, and David was a young young boy when he slew Goliath. I mean, you don't have you can be a child and God. Think about it. I was eleven or twelve when the teachers told me to teach the class, the Sunday school class. I was eleven or twelve. I wasn't even a teenager. Think about Joseph. Joseph was just what seventeen. And he was getting dreams. He started getting dreams uh, about leading and ruling. I don't think age matters to God. And I don't think a person, maybe you never heard anything like this, and maybe you are 80 or 90 or whatever. I think it's a mistake to think that God can't carry out, you can't fulfill your purpose because of your age, because God established your purpose before you were born. And he had already surveyed everything in your life, past, present, and future, because he's not in time, he's outside of time. So listen, that's a great question. It's an excuse. If you think you're too old, it's an excuse. But I tell you this: you can say that all you want to us. Well, I'm too old, you know, I'm retired or whatever. You can say that to us, but you're not going to be able to say that to God on at the judgment seat of Christ. Yeah, you're going to go to heaven, but you're still going to be held accountable for fulfilling your purpose. Great question. So whether you're a child, you can begin to walk in purpose as a child. I did, or a teenager, or millennial or uh, middle age or senior age, I don't think that matters. Great question. Thank you for giving that comment. Pastor, I thank God that you are are not a know-it-all pastor and that you allow God to continue to teach you. Thank you for that. I don't want to be a know-it-all pastor. I started off ignorant and I've been pastoring. This is my 41st year. Of pastoring. This is my 41st year. I started pastoring in 1980. And I know more than I knew when I started, but I, I'm serious. This is not me trying to be humble at all. 40 years later, I feel as ignorant in some regards as I did from the beginning. And you say, well, why would you feel like that? Well, because God keeps revealing himself. And my father in the faith, Dr. Price, said that the word of God is pregnant. It's constantly giving forth revelation. So even when I prepare a sermon, I'll look at what I taught the last time, but I never just pick up a sermon and just put a different name on it. And no, I do the whole sermon over. Now, some people say, I heard you preach that. I don't know how they heard me preach it because i never heard me preach it. What they heard was parts of it because the Bible says that a householder will bring forth things old and new. So what I do, I'll share something old because it needs it's a part of the foundation. We need to hear it again but there's never a time where I teach the same message and you hear the exact same thing. It's never that. People think it is because they're not listening in a very astute way. I'm always open to God because he's too big to get him all in this life. You're never going to get to the point where you know everything about God and you know every secret and you know everything about scripture. It's not going to happen. So I try to stay open to God Here's a question, Pastor, what if you don't know which purpose to choose from? Well, I think, I think, and that's a great question too. I think it begins with the prayer of dedication. Father, I want your will for my life. I want your purpose for my life. I want you to reveal it to me. And if you make it clear to me, I'll walk it out. And I'm saying to you today, Father, not my will. I don't want my ambition because ambition and purpose is not the same thing. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do for your life. So I commit myself to walking your purpose in Jesus' name. Now, you mix faith with that prayer. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 6, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And here, verse five, all your ways, acknowledge him. Five and six, Proverbs three, five and six, all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Well, you prayed the prayer of dedication. You've acknowledged him. Now you have to release your faith. I believe you're directing me. I believe you're leading me into my purpose. Now you put your hands to things. You just put your hands to things there may be some things that you feel go ahead and do it and but you're open for the Spirit of God to teach you and guide you but he's not gonna guide you if you're not moving you do the things that are general you meditate in the word you have a consistent quiet time where you're reading through the Word, you're studying the Word, you're meditating in the Word, you're positioning yourself to hear the Word. you To the best of your ability, you're going to act out on the Word. You connect with your local church. If there's something you can do there, you witness to people, you share that, and God just leads you right into your purpose. See, I didn't start off, you know, I'm going to be a pastor. I didn't start off like that. I just started off finding out what a good Christian should be doing. And I found out I should have a quiet time. I should be reading the Word, meditating in the Word. I found out that I should be connected to a local church. I did that. I worked with my local church. And then I knocked on every door in my community to lead people to Christ. I was always witnessing and sharing. And the Spirit of God, as you move, He's gonna lead you right into your purpose. Watch your hands, put your hands to something. He'll get you there once you release your faith. You pray the prayer of dedication, believe that He's directing yourself. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, He'll direct yourself. So you believe and you start saying, What you're my Father. I just want to thank you. I believe you're leading me into your purpose. I just want to thank you. I believe that I'm right in the middle of your purpose. That's releasing your faith. The Spirit of God will direct you right on the inside of that. That's a great question. Uh, another question. If my member serves me correctly, you made a statement during a past podcast saying our purpose can change. How do you know when that occurs and when you need to pivot toward that? I hope I'm clear in my question. It's a good question. And and you're clear. I wanna change some, I wanna change something. Uh, and maybe I didn't say it like this. Uh, In essence, purpose is, is your journey. It's your life assignment. It's the need that you're supposed to meet in the earth. In essence, seasons change, okay? The seasons will change, and that's why we have to stay flexible Okay, Um, uh, I believe when I first accepted minister, I believe that I was called to be a minister, and I was doing the very best I could. I was witnessing on the streets, witnessing, sharing my faith with people, every opportunity I got. In my church, people start asking me to preach. You know, and I tell members all the time, if somebody asks you to do a men's day or women's day or whatever, don't worry about you being no preacher. Don't worry about you having no title. Don't worry about you having no license. If the pastor asks you to do it, then the pastor got confidence and you do it. And that's what I was doing. If they wanted me to do a youth day, I do a youth day. I do that. I do that. And, And I was fine with that. I mean, I was fine with that. God will shift seasons you're not you don't you don't have to try to make something change on it he'll shift it and then something happened that was very interesting I'm just going to churches I'm not thinking about passing no church then one church asked me to be the pastor I ain't think that was God's will another church asked me to be the pastor I prayed about it and I sensed something about going to that church now the season had changed I'm not going to different churches like that. I got this congregation that I meet with every week. That's a seasonal change. Okay, I did that a while because I'm walking in my purpose, and then that season changed. God began to, di- to about leaving. I didn't want to leave. I was prepared to stay for the rest of my life. But I sensed in my spirit that I that, that I couldn't go any further. I felt like, and he told me to leave. And so I left, that I'm in a different season now. Then Faith Chapel came and started that in, the, in our den. That's a season. Well, I've been doing this for 40-some years. Well, the day is going to come. Well, this season going to change because my son is going to be the lead pastor of Faith Chapel. I've been knowing that for years. I've been talking about that for years. The day will come where he's going to be the lead pastor, and I'm going to move over and do something in Mike Moore Ministries. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to retire. It's just going to be a seasonal change. Well, you, you know that in ordinary life. You know that. You know that on jobs sometimes the season change. You know that, you know that in your life. You knew, you, you knew, well, it's not time for me to retire. I don't want to retire this time. It, but then it came a place where you start feeling like retirement is for what you want. You feel the unction to move in that direction. God's going to guide you. See, the thing that I think we miss is it's a God thing. It's not just the us thing. It's not just us deciding You're to be led by your spirit on the inside You're to be led by him the Spirit of God in you and there you have peace about something and you just fine You know you just just peace about it I never even ministered at other churches for years because I didn't have no peace about running all around different places. I know some people are called to do it. I didn't feel like I was called to do it. So I just preached in my church. I didn't go to different churches preaching. I do a little bit more of that now. I feel an unction to do a little bit more of that because I believe a part of my calling is to help other pastors. Well, there's gonna be a season where that's all I'm gonna do is help other pastors. And you'll know in your spirit, You'll know. You'll have a check. You'll have a piece. You'll have you'll know on the inside of you in your spirit. And some of it is experimentation. God, God's not gonna fall off his throne if you miss it. He's gonna do you like a GPS that you miss it. The GPS say reroute and reroute and give you another. Place to turn and get right back on track. Don't be afraid of missing it. Don't be afraid. Spirit of God, He got you. He'll help you. I'll miss it several times. He got me right back on track. GPS me right back on track. These are great questions. Come in. I appreciate the use of the podcast to deep seed the word in our hearts and add additional clarity. I'm glad you got that because I'll put it like this it's one thing to swallow food is another thing to digest food. And sometimes in church, we swallow it. We just go from one thing to another thing. From one thing to another thing, we swallow it. We swallow it in our quiet time. I spent one time a year listening to one, c- one lesson, one CD, a whole year, one thing, because I'm meditating in it. I'm meditating in it, I'm, I'm memorizing it, the repetition of it. You see, it's one thing to swallow food, is another thing to digest it. Digestion comes through meditating on what you heard, and repetition is a part of that. So I was led on the Spirit, rather than just go to something else. If this that important, let's get into it and you ask me questions, because you can't ask me on Sunday, you ask me questions, I'll get in here, and I'll, I'll, we're deep-seated. Num- uh, I got two more questions. If you miss Carol's moment, will they never come around again? Somebody else asked me that. Listen. <sighs> it's gonna sound strange to you that I say this. It's gonna sound like a ne- negative situation. Missing it is almost a part of the journey. And here's what I mean by that. Not that God wants us to miss it, not that we have to miss it, but we're learning to be led by the Spirit. We're all learning, and He deals with us differently. Sometimes I have a word. Sometimes He'll speak to me in the night season. Sometimes I have a check, you know? And we're learning, you know, we were learning We had decided that we were going to have our children's church to meet, uh, come back together. Well, I was praying about the children's ministry, and the Spirit dealt with me about that. He even spoke to me in the night seasons and showed me, you don't don't need to do that right now. You don't need to do that right now. He showed me that it would be a problem if we did that. Well, we were going to do it, but then we shifted. And then there have been things that I have missed it. I missed the moment. I didn't quite understand it. God will bring stuff back around. Trust me, he'll bring stuff around. There's no such thing as I miss it. I can never walk in God's purpose again. No, no, as I told this person, as long as you got breath in your body, the Spirit of God is gonna always be working to get you flap, dab, (laughs) flap, dab. He's gonna be working to get you right in the middle of God's purpose. So yes, maybe you didn't do it. It was an opportune time. God will bring something back around. Stay, Keep trusting him. Tell him you want to walk in it. Repent. If you didn't move out on something, he'll bring it back around. He'll help you. That's his job. If, if we had to do everything perfect to walk in purpose, none of us would ever walk in purpose. Trust me on that. Last question. How do you determine when God's timing is in play in your life without feeling like others are pushing you into something? For instance, you have a call on your life to teach. But others see you as a pastor, and personally, you don't feel totally comfortable moving into the path. Well, I'm glad you gave me this question. Oh, I'm so glad you gave me this question. I want to read that again. How do you determine when God's time is in play in your life without feeling like others are pushing you into something? Now, here's the critical thing. <clears throat> others are not discovered by what others are telling you. No, 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 no. Others can f- confirm what God is telling you, but I am never gonna do anything because people say, you know, you should be a pastor. You should be a priest. You Listen, you move over into that pastoring thing and God t- had not told you to do that. It is the worst job on planet earth. Your, your, your stomach will hurt you. Your head will hurt you. I'm telling you, you do not want to do this without grace. And when God calls you to do something, God tells you to do something, you're going to have the grace because there's going to be some challenges in it. It's going to be some challenges. So get rid of what people are telling you. Don't ever move into anything because people say you should be doing this because if you follow people's directives, they're going to have to supply your need. They're going to have to resource you because God ain't going to resource you because somebody told you something. Great question. How do you determine when God's timing is in play in your life without feeling like others are pushing you into something? For instance, you have a call on your life to teach, then, then teach. That's all you do teach. That's all you do. You teach. But others see you as a pastor. Others are not the chief shepherd. Others are not the head of the church. And personally, you don't feel totally comfortable moving that path. Don't move in that path. Don't let your mama, don't let your daddy, don't let your pastor, don't let the apostle, don't let the prophet, don't let nobody push you in a path that you don't feel comfortable moving into. Really, to be honest with you, Much of this should be discovered in your personal time of prayer. It's your relationship with God. It's you spending time with God. You consecrating yourself. You asking God about the time and you feeling an unction in your spirit to do it. And then when people confirm what God has been dealing with you, now that's a whole different animal. And many times he'll use people to confirm, but he does not use people to direct. That's old covenant. That's old covenant. Even me as a pastor, if I say I see this on your life, it should be something that you also are picking up in your own personal time of prayer. These are great questions. Uh, Sunday, we're going to be talking about the major roadblock to purpose and potential in that self-consciousness. Then we'll come back the following Tuesday and talk about it in this session. These were great questions. I enjoyed our time. You can still give questions later. Maybe I'll pick up the questions in our next session, but I appreciate you. Thank you for hanging in there. And that's it, folks. I love y'all. Have a great rest of the week.